0: the free for all round table
1: Round two. On round two, Brad Bradford, city councillor, is here. Dipika Demerla is also a city councillor from the city of Mississauga. Pamela Palmiter, lawyer, professor, and activist. Nice to have you all. Happy Thursday. Let's actually start with a Toronto story, and this is something going to executive committee today that Robert Turner was quite exorcised about on round one. Brad Bradford, taxing traffic spaces. Seems uh, like a very Soviet Russia thing to do, to go out and parking spaces to audit all of the available parking spaces in Toronto. Is, that, is
2: this going to work? That's a make-work project if I've ever heard of one. I mean, this is nuts. Robert was bang on. This will be another tax on small business and entrepreneurs. For those people who are out there trying to sell this as a way to shift modes or get people out of their cars, that's not going to be the case. There's really no way for people to uh, pass that tax on to consumers other than increasing prices. I mean, you're paying the tax on on the parking space, whether or not somebody's using it. So it's just sitting there and, and businesses that are really struggling. Uh, my, my concern is people are going to pull up stakes and make their way out to see Dipika Mississauga. That's not what we want here in Toronto. So the last thing I'll say is, you know, councillors who are sort of unsure about this now, they, they voted for it pretty enthusiastically back in the fall for a third study of, a, an, of another tax. And uh, I just think the city is heading in a direction where we're making things a lot more expensive.
1: Well, Dipika. Um, Mississauga is a much more car-based city. You don't have a tax on parking, do you?
3: No, we don't. And you know, this is just another property tax by another name, right? I mean, that's the problem. And what Toronto needs, what Mississauga needs is uh, not more creative ways of increasing property taxes. What we need is other sources of revenue. Completely agree with Brad. Uh, It's not going to reduce car usage, but it'll just increase costs all around. So. I don't think it's wise, and if City Council sent this back for a third time for a study, that should tell you. They're just kicking a hard decision. I mean, they know probably it's not a good idea, but so they're just kicking it further out not being able to say no. They should just say no.
1: Pamela, I assume nothing about your position on this. I would say there are some high-minded reasons why some people would support it. One is it's hard surface, so water comes down from the skies and ends up in the sewer system. The other would be that visually they're kind of a blight.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are so many issues with Toronto in terms of infrastructure and, you know, we don't have an exact audit of how many parking spaces are there. Are there, is it really all these small businesses or is it like many of them, these large conglomerates that are actually making a lot of money? So... I'm open to all ideas that'll help pay for all of the infrastructure and social supports that we need in Toronto. This isn't going to come into effect, even if it does for another two years. So I don't think it's really worth getting all worked up about right now.
1: Uh, Let's talk about the vacant home tax declaration which is due today and I'll come back to you Brad Bradford as the Toronto City Councillor. This is where you have to go online and declare that whatever residences you own, somebody is living in them and only 53% of owners have done so so far so clearly there's not a lot of penetration here.
2: Yeah and the city is inevitably going to have to provide an extension because that number is is trending in the wrong direction. Look, um, this City Council is decided to spend half a million dollars to advertise our new dangerous dogs bylaw. Uh, maybe we should put a little ad money or communication effort around the vacant home tax filing. Um, people do not want to get whacked with that tax bill uh, mistakenly. It's very, very expensive. And again, this this from a policy perspective was about making sure that we're taking existing housing stock, homes that are there today, and putting them to work as housing, making sure those units are rented out. If people don't want to do that, they have the option to, to pay the tax. But when you've got 47% of people who have just not responded yet, and it's the day of the deadline, you're going to need to provide an extension. And I think the lesson that we can take away from this is clearly the system we have in place is not working for Torontonians. We should provide better service and make it work.
1: Yeah. Well, Pamela, maybe it would cost more, but I don't know why they don't just send a notice with a form to your house or whatever. I mean, clearly a lot of people aren't aware of this. I hadn't thought about it at all up until mid-month.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the problem with deadlines is you can perpetually keep extending it over and over and over and over, just like they did with COVID deadlines. Um, And we don't know. Is it a matter of all of those people who haven't filed actually don't know? Or is it a large number of those people who haven't filed have vacant properties, because I know there is a a great deal of resistance for people to actually be honest about declaring that their property is vacant. So we don't know all of the reasons. Yes, I think we should have more communications. It should go out. But it's hard to identify which homes to send it to if they haven't declared previously that they're vacant properties or does it just go to every house. Um, what, What I do know is all the deadline extensions do is... Just keep extending the deadlines, and then people grow to expect that they won't have to do it.
1: Typically, my boss will testify that I'm terrible at uh, paperwork and, you know, meeting deadlines. I'm great at being on the air, but all the other stuff languishes, <laughs> and I think most people are in the same category. Most people either don't know about this thing that has to be filled out online, or they just didn't get around to it.
3: So, you know what, John, this is a classic case of government coming up with a process that is easy for government, not for the resident. And we really need to change our head, you know, in government. We constantly come up with rules and ways of doing things that's easy for government, hard for the resident. I mean, this is just crazy. uh, You know, how are you supposed to just remember or see something and do it? I can tell you that my partner who lives in Toronto uh, last year did not check off got the levy and had to go back and there was a process to get that reversed, So it is a pain. So I know that this year he did do it because of what happened last year. But uh, Toronto needs to find a better way um, to get this done.
1: How perfect that we have a city councillor from Mississauga and a city councillor for Toronto because those are the two jurisdictions referenced in this uh, new study about what you need to make to thrive in those two cities. And I like the distinction, Pamela I'll start with you on this one actually. I like the distinction that it's not about cost of living, you know, feed yourself and find a place to put a roof over your head. Thriving would mean that you have a degree of quality of life as well. And it's 65,000 or 61,000 I should say for Toronto and 84,000 for Mississauga. What do you say?
0: Well, it just goes to show just how significant those issues are and and to me honestly, when I saw those numbers, I thought, wow, that's pretty low because i know a good number of people with dual incomes that make more than that and they aren't thriving because of the mortgage that they're paying and the heat and their vehicle and the cost of education for their kids and things like that. So this it's very significant that the the measure previously has always been about bare subsistence like bare survival poverty line kind of measurements. Um but what about Health, mental health and well-being, which includes things like um, maybe going on a road trip, uh, maybe being able to have time to go to the park and not have to work two jobs. It's it's incredible to me that that's considered thriving income.
1: Well, and Dipika, worth mentioning, that's after-tax income. And the reason it's bigger in Mississauga is they factored in that you probably need a car if you're going to live in Mississauga.
3: Well, also, no, but I think it's a, it's an unfair comparison. I like the framing, which is, uh, uh, you know, that uh, it's not just about surviving but thriving. But it's an unfair comparison because in Toronto you're renting and in Mississauga you're owning. And obviously ownership costs more than renting, so that's not fair. The second piece, yes, uh, that did jump out and made cost you about $7,000 more or $8,000 more to own a car than use transit. And I think that's something that Mississauga absolutely, as we look to, uh, we are growing up and we are a big city now, and we certainly need to find a way. To have more transit because it's cheaper for people but people use transit only if it's more convenient so our focus has to be how can we get more transit into Mississauga that is convenient so people can take it and that helps address affordability
1: okay one thing stood out there though I'm uh, without dwelling on the topic too much I you mm-hmm. said you have to own in Mississauga is that just how this study was done or you're saying you do guys don't have a lot of rentals in Mississauga
3: no no I think this is how the study was okay. done that They yeah. used renting in Toronto they should you know the study should have done renting in Toronto renting in Mississauga owning in Toronto owning in Mississauga and that would have given a much better approximation, now it just makes Mississauga look more expensive than Toronto which is uh, not a fair comparison. The other fun fact though I did want to say is a Mississauga MPP by this calculation is barely thriving as you know typical Mississauga MPP baseline salary their take home would be around 80000 so that's very interesting and that tells you where things are at.
2: Yeah, this is another red flag for affordability in our major cities, Toronto, Mississauga, for sure. And it should be a wake-up call as if politicians need another one. It is all about affordability. Folks in Toronto, if you're making minimum wage, that's 46 a year. The median household income downtown before taxes, 62 k So this needs to be a major wake-up call as this city, the most expensive in the entire country, continues to get more expensive month after month, new tax new fees. Uh, People are really struggling. I think there will be a backlash on this. We need to do things to make life more affordable. And here's another study showing uh, that's just not the case here in Toronto.
1: If Justin Trudeau is spotted out for a walk today, somebody's bound to shout, what are you thinking about? Uh, February 29th was the day that his father went for the famous walk in the snow, and the next day he resigned. Pamela Palminter, there'd be a nice poetry to that, but I don't think it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen either. It's just one of those weird, wonderful coincidences that's worthy of an op-ed in the newspaper. <laughs>
2: okay, Brad Bradford, do you think he's toast? I don't think that we're going to hear that announcement uh, this afternoon that he's he's pulling shoot. Um, if that was the case, that'd be a pretty well-kept and guarded secret. And from everything, I've seen this guy's dug in and uh, ready to tussle.
1: Yeah, well, Pierre certainly surprised a few people. Deepika, your thoughts?
3: Well, I don't think there's any snow for him to take a walk in, so that's a <laughs> It
1: <laughs> but, is cold
3: Yeah, uh, But I don't think he's leaving. You know, he's just teed up this deal with uh, the NDP to ensure the survival of his government uh, for another year. So I don't think he's quitting. And I really think that his personality is he's the ultimate comeback kid. And he'll only leave if he's defeated or on his terms You know, riding high. He's not going to leave because everybody wants him to leave. And I suspect he really, truly, deep down believes he's still the best person to lead the liberals. So I don't think we're seeing him go away anytime soon.
1: Thanks to you all. Great chat. Pamela Palmiter, Brat, Bradford, and Dipika Damerla. Catch the round table. Round 1 at 745, Round 2 at 845.
2: Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.